0: All right. Back in the booth with my dog, Landon Wolf. You know, second go around on the Layers podcast. What's good with you, dog? Coolin', man. How are you? Man, I'm chilling on it, chilling on it. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, you know, what have been some of your thoughts on like the pandemic being locked in, you know, having time to reflect? And um, how are you using that time, you know, to like refuel your body and your mind and stuff?
1: Yeah, so I think the way it reflect is a good interpretation of how I think everybody had to to use the time. Not only was the world on pause, but all the things that normally takes people's time, whether it's going to work or being able to go to certain events and socialize, was taken away. And, you know, people were at home for a long time. People were locked down, basically. So, you know, for me, what I did, I did a lot of reading. I read some books. Um. A big thing that I did was try to build my network, like my business network. So I was on LinkedIn a lot and that's, I had, I think like 60 interviews over the time from when we got sent home to, to when we reported on June 1st and just meeting different people to do things that I potentially may want to do and just see how people were spending their time as well. You know, I know that I'm not an expert in everything. So talking to people that are successful in what they do, I was able to pick up some nuggets and, you know, kind of pick, pick, pick people's brains.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah. So you didn't get a real spring, didn't get a real summer. You know, what do you think uh, that off time is going to do to like the cohesiveness of the team and whatnot?
1: Man, I think I think everybody knows. I think it's been apparent who put the work in as far as like physically and staying out the way um, during the COVID time. But also, it's like there's so many variables that go into it, bro. Like. I know some people didn't have access to weight rooms or, like, didn't have quarterbacks to throw them routes. And, you know, um, like, for myself, like, people that had COVID, too, that's a whole other setback. You out for two weeks and then probably three or four just being sick and having to run tests and all that. But, like, yeah. for me, like, I had injuries over the break. Like, I had MRIs and I wasn't able to work out for, like, three weeks outside of COVID and everything. So mm-hmm. it's, like, it's a lot of variables to go into it. But I think as far as the cohesiveness goes, um, I feel like we picked up where we left off. I think people was happy to be around each other again, and outside of all the workouts and the coaches and everything like that, people being able to be with the team, with the people that we spend the majority of our time with, was was a good feeling to be able to get back to that.
0: Yeah, well for sure. What was you doing though? Like I know you was rehabbing and stuff. Like you weren't chilling, you weren't kicking, in you was
1: just. Man, I was I was doing what I could, bro. So I actually I had an MRI, bro. So like I had during the season, I guess Baylor in a homecoming game, I yeah. hit my back. Like, I had got, someone got thrown into my back and I, like, felt funny and, like, it had never really been the same the rest of the season. I almost missed the next game, but I was, like, kind of hurt the whole season. They told mm-hmm. me, so we had, like, an MRI or an X-ray, and they told me that it looked like I had a chip in my spine, but they wouldn't show me the picture. So I'm tripping that. I'm like, like what in the world? Like, do you, like they're like, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it, like, there's a mistake when we, when we do reads and stuff like that. Like, it can be an air bubble that makes it appear like that but there's nothing that we can do anyway so we'll try to just tolerate the pain and minimize it as best we can and move forward with the season but it it kept hurting and then i went home and it kind of re-aggravated and i ended up like wasn't able to work out could barely walk for like four days bro and like i would work out for a day or two it would hurt it would aggravate and i would like chill so i ended up getting an mri like i called scott and them like the trainers and i ended up getting an mri and they said i had something called like disc generation so like my discs are like compressed and like there was no cushion so like that's why impact would like absorb so like it wasn't graceful at all and it would just take a toll on my back so i wasn't able to work out for a long time back home so i felt like i was missing and it was kind of like making me unstable you know what i'm saying because that's normally how i feel like i can track my progress i can see steps i can see the progression and I felt like I missed out on the whole training period because I feel like I get my best work when I'm at home. Like, we do a lot of stuff up here that's good for conditioning and, and general things, but not being able to get that individualized work was was big. So, again, that's kind of where elevating the other aspects came into play for me as far as the LinkedIn and being able to really reflect on things that was important to me.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, kind of touching on, you know, not really being able to be around your teammates a lot during the spring and summer. What do you think it's gonna be like to play in a stadium that's uh, virtually gonna be empty?
1: It's it's gonna be different, bro. It's it's gonna be a lot different. I was just thinking about like they're putting the seats in the in the stadium the last couple of days, and it's they normally have the orange seats all the way around, and it's like a portion of it, and it's just weird. I'm thinking about running out the tunnel, and I'm just thinking I feel like it's gonna feel like a spring game to be yeah. honest. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna it's gonna come down to the leaders on the team, the people that have influence and have respect from the teammates It's going to be the ones that's going to uplift us especially in away games like home games it's like okay we we right you know what i'm saying we familiar yeah. with everything but away games if we if things are going good things are going bad especially then it's going to be the times when people are going to have to speak up because it's not going to be no external motivators you know what i'm saying it's not going to be no fans it's not going to be no no hype it's not going to be no hype that's that's the big thing so i think mm-hmm. understanding that going into it understanding that it may feel like a practice yeah and it's going to be probably a lot of games where people are gonna be like, damn, like I don't even feel like playing today. You know what I'm saying? Like especially deep in the season, people's bodies gonna be beat up and the crowd really helps with that. So just I think for me, just understanding that it's gonna be different and knowing that I'm gonna to have to take a more intentional mental approach as the season goes on.
0: Yeah. So uh before the even the season even starts, what do you kind of think uh your mindset is going into the season? Like right now today, what would you say your mindset is
1: at? As far as what
0: going into the season, like how are you going to attack it,
1: man, I really, I, I'm really not one for for goals like that. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. I don't really have specific numbers or like um, expectations for myself outside of just doing playing to my best ability. And you know, I, I set goals for practice and things like that. But as far as predicting the season, uh, having expectations for that, I really don't have any. I mean, I want to be a good teammate. I want to do all the things that I can to help the team win, whatever role that is for me. And I want us all to be good, bro. I think it's a lot of things going on outside of football that's more important than wins and losses. Yeah, And, you know, if I'm able to, to contribute to that, to help the team take positive steps towards, whether it's things with social justice or whether it's things with mental health, because I know that's that's a big thing that the student athletes have, have had a focus on in the Big 12. Um, you know, in the past months with certain incidents, but you know, whatever role I need to play, bro, I want to be able to do that to the fullest extent. So that's kind of what I'm prepared for a little bit of everything. Okay.
0: Um, going into my next question, I know a couple months ago back in March, uh, you had an event with a couple of kids at the common good, right? What is, what does the common good mean?
1: Yeah. So the common good is something that I came across from a friend that used to work at another nonprofit organization called the dream center. And that's, one of the more well-known nonprofits in Tulsa but they actually left the Dream Center and started working for the common good when it opened up in October and Tulsa is known for for a lot of things but the Dream Center is the most popular one and the common good does so much for their community pocket that they serve right Um, you know talking talking to the kids and talking to the people that that run it when I went in February so I, I found out about it late and I went in February and it was myself and Micah Cooper. He's on the team as well. Um, We went and spent a day with the kids. And, like, just seeing the heart and the genuineness and the intentionality that was put into the planning and of the curriculum of the support that the, that the community had as far as even providing kids food to take home because a lot of kids, that's the only meal that they get at school and the meal that they get at the common good. Yeah. Like, it, it was just so many things that was working towards the common good, the greater good of the community. And for me, I learned that their their needs weren't being met due to COVID. You know what I'm saying? That, took a lot of toll on people's pockets, like the people that are donors and the people that were in charge of running and even planning, it was hard for them to meet the needs that they needed to meet. Um, So for me, it was a no brainer to try to go bring some teammates in, even during COVID, you know, try to to make a way for us to do it safely and comply with all the rules we needed to and hopefully bring some awareness to all the good that they do to bring some donations in. And I know they had some, but you know, Man, it to me it's, it's more so about like the money. Of course, is important to be able to continue what they do. But I know for me, I never really had anybody show me what yeah. success looks like. You know, like right. we had old heads that talked about what they could have done and what they wish they would have done differently. But to have someone come and just give you game and see them as a human, never never really had that. So to me, that's really important.
0: Yeah, well, that's big time for sure. But um, I know the last time we talked, I know one of your big big things that you want to hit on was like helping students transition from like high school to either go out to the workforce or, you know, get that secondary school, you know, like go, go, go to a, like get a degree or get a higher education or something like that. Um,
1: has there any been any developments in that or what's going on with that? Man. And I think, I think I said this last time, my mind changes often. So yeah. that's still important to me, but I think that, I think there's a lot of ways that I can use my experiences for the greater good. And, that's a part of it because that's something that I lacked. You know, I like the guidance. I like the resources. I like the the knowledge of the opportunities that were out there as far as what I wanted to do, which was go to college. Right. Um, you know, and I ended up walking on here, obviously. But it was a lot of trial and error and it could have went a lot of different ways. So I still want to be able to provide that, that smooth transition as best as I can. But I think that whatever I do in the future is not going to be limited to that. To that, So I wouldn't say it's changed, but I say it's expanded. All right, for yeah. sure.
0: But, um, talking about things, you know, like expanded, I know recently there's been a lot of stuff going on in the world. I know you've seen it. You've been a part of the movement. Um, you know, how have you seen um, your role change or your role transform into something different since these recent events are uh, happening in our world right now?
1: Man, kind of like I said, when you asked the question about the team, I think for me, it's always about finding my niche, finding what I'm passionate about and what I can become an expert about or inform myself on as best as possible yeah. and maximizing that. So, um, just opportunities that have shown up recently is obviously, and it's going to continue to be stuff with kids and with the communities in OKC and Tulsa and Stillwater, even that. But, um You know, we have the Diversity and Inclusion Council that's surrounded by, or surrounded with the intention of furthering athletic diversity and inclusion. We have a whole branch on campus that has a lot of credentials and has won a lot of awards, but, you know, as you see the list of emergencies and a lot of students speaking out that they don't feel comfortable or they don't feel safe or they aren't awarded certain scholarships because they are African-Americans. You know, um, a lot of things that are still up in the air and a lot of things that aren't being met but on the athletic side, that's something I've been able to be a part of, and I'm actually one of the two student-athletes that serves on that committee. So I think that's big to be able to be, to even have a seat at the table with the people that are there, like it's the athletic director, it's all types of different people that are in administrative roles that have a lot of power and influence over what happens at OSU right. athletics. Um, so for me to be able to put my two cents out and for it to be taken and, and have some weight it, is really important. So for me, it's, it's important for me to take – to have a, a, a wide scope of, of the issue that are on campus, not just what I deal with or what I think some of my teammates deal with, but for all the sports. And that kind of ties in with my Big 12 SAC rep, um, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. That's something that I've been a part of for a while, but I was actually nominated to be the Big 12 SAC rep for OSU this year. So right. it's even gonna be that on a larger scale, like not just diversity and inclusion, but again, making sure that I'm I'm always available and always reaching out and finding, finding ways to connect connect the knees the with with the resources and, you know, make sure that the communication lines stay open from them to me and from me to the Big Twelve or to the people that are in charge around OSU to make those changes.
0: And I know you wanna have those changes, um and I know it's not gonna come overnight, but what does it mean to you to be a student player activist? Like how 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 big is that that you have this platform that you're on you you walked on like you said you you achieved a scholarship and now um, that you got this platform you're trying to achieve something else and that's and what does that mean to you ultimately
1: man bro it's crazy you ask that because to me it's never really been about me like I know that sounds like really cliche and really corny right. but like I really mean that and it's never really been about I want the attention. I want people to acknowledge what I've done. And, of course, everybody wants some acknowledgement and some, you know, some pat on back sometimes. But for me, it's always been about the bigger picture. Like, I know that my story is unique and my experiences are unique, but they can be I, – I feel like I've been through so many things that I would be doing myself and I will be doing the people that I'm around a disservice if I didn't share that and help them take steps in the right direction and things that, that I wish I would have known or, um, you know, provide any – any guidance that I can, or even if anybody's inspired by my story or inspired by anything that I'm able to do, yeah. then I feel like that's a win outside of what happens on the field, outside of any accolades or medals that I may receive. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. not, it's not about that for me. I don't care about the acknowledgement, but if I can see a tangible change and I have people tell me that their life has improved in some way or their experience has been better in some way, then I feel like it's a win. No, for
0: sure. But, um, I know a lot of people during this time, they're like, I'm a nobody. I really don't have a voice. I I can't speak about this. You know what I'm saying? Um, What do you have to say to people who think they can't do something or don't have a voice during times like this?
1: I think everybody has a circle of influence, bro. I think whether it's your family or whether it's a group of friends, for one, it's important to educate yourself so you can have an opinion, have an opinion that you can defend and back up and speak well about but also just understanding that you do have a sphere of influence you know what i mean so like in in a small in a small text like context i'm a receiver so i i can look at my my receivers room as a, as a circle of influence so i can look at my household or um as a black man i can look at the black community right. at, as a, as an influencer yeah. um so i think it's just understanding that whatever space you walk into whether it's, it, it even be a job you know what i mean if you work at mcdonald's your work your employees could be could be your influences and the people that you have, um, you know, you could, you could impact that you may not even know. So I think it's important to take that seriously and be intentional about the things that you do and say and the way that you move.
0: No, that's always one thing you've always been big on, is being a 100, having 10 toes down, you know, like just being real solid, you know what I'm saying? But um, I know April, she raised you to be, you know, a strong black man, like, and with everything going on and the recent issues and stuff, if if you speak out on social media, you receive backlash and people comment, all you know, all this hate stuff. How how uh how do you handle that? How do you prepare your mind to be able to even speak up and say, Hey, there's stuff going on that's wrong? I'm gonna speak about it, I'm gonna stand ten toes, I'm gonna be a hundred on the situation, like and I'm not gonna fall like what, how do you get yourself in that space? You know, you got other stuff going on mentally. You got to shift gears and actually do something, you know, that you feel that is um, big, a big issue to you that you want to address. How do you really prepare yourself to even withstand that
1: backlash when you do that? Man, I was, I was having a conversation earlier about kind of the same question as, you know, putting yourself in a position to go against the grain from what a lot of people view as right or what has been commonplace for so long is you automatically going to be in a position to to receive scrutiny. But for me, I I wouldn't be at peace if I didn't speak my mind to do the things that I'm trying to do to create the changes that I want to create because I know in my heart from my own experiences and from the experiences that I see around me that I, I couldn't be at peace with myself if I didn't do that. So if it comes with backlash, if it comes with my reputation being slandered or discredited, then then so be it. But I would rather that happen than me. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror and as a man and say that I did my best or That I'm really doing what's best for the, for the greater good if I didn't say the things or do the things that I'm trying to do. And on social media, I'm not really, I don't be posting that much. So it's not yeah. even about that. I'd rather just, I'd rather do the work. Like to me, I should speak louder than words. And on social media, I don't know how much change can really be done, but um, but, but I do know myself and I know that I'm always working on something and I'm always trying to better myself so I can better others. So, um, yeah.
0: And then that kind of just, <clears throat> that kind of just leads into my next question. How do you, how do you approach someone during times like this that have questions, you know, that wants to understand, that wants to, you know, be a change in the world also. Like they see what you're doing and they want to be a part of that. How how does someone even start that conversation?
1: Um, so I, I've actually had conversations recently. People came up to me at the march we had on campus and was like, Bro, like I don't know much about what's going on, but it seems like it's important to you. So can you help me? And not to say that I'm holy or no better than nobody else, but um you know, I, I appreciate the conversation because it was a genuine like concern like can you can you help me like I want to understand more I want to understand your experience and vice versa. And so you know whether it's a, a white person that wants to be an ally or a black person that wants to be more involved in creating something better. I think it's important to for one be be hungry for the information. You know, information is everywhere. If you want to look something up, you can look it up on Google. That's the access and the power we have. Yeah. Um so I can I can point people in directions of, of information and resources, but it's up to them individually to to take the time and, you know, to really inform themselves and educate themselves enough to to be able to act on whatever they learn and whatever they feel is important. Um, and then also just surround yourself with people that, that are better than you, whether it's they know more than you or they are more active than you or they're more confident in themselves. Whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Find a way to elevate yourself. So to me, that's been finding people that are experts in what they do, are experts in areas that I want to be, to be good in. So that's that's two things that I would say are important, that have been important for myself. Okay.
0: And then I came across this quote a couple of days ago. I don't know, I'm gonna read it to you, see how it sits with you, but um, the revolution has always been in the hands of the young. The young always inherit the revolution and that's Huey Newton. So me and you, two young black individuals trying to just navigate our way through this world and whatnot. What is that what does that kinda of quote have to do and hit home with you? Because we didn't ask for this this burden that's been placed upon us to try to, you know, change something that's been going on for hundreds of years. But what what does that kind of mean to you that, that we have to stand up, stand together, band together to try to do something for the greater good?
1: I think for one like my myself, like I said earlier when it talked about the the credibility and the acknowledgement that a lot of people receive, it ain't never really been about that for me, but I've also had the mindset that if I don't do it, who will yeah, so you know it's it's important for me to do the things that that are that are on my heart or that I'm able to see in my everyday life and create the change that I can, whether that's serving on a council or whether that's having a conversation with one-on-one with somebody that needs help you know it, it, it can look a lot of different ways but um I, th- I think it's right the problems the core problems the core issues are the same we've been seeing them for a long time but it may look a little different now um the systems built around the issues that we have maybe maybe a little bit stronger may look a little different than like yeah. i said before but again it's all about what I, what i'm learning right now is all about organizing and finding unity and finding people that can, can support you along the journey cuz you know this is america is something that's been built on a on a crooked foundation so that ain't right. going to be fixed in one generation and right, ain't yeah. going to be fixed in a day or a year or a month but you know if i can if i can help advance that and help be a part of the change in a better way then you know I've, i'll i'll be able to to sit and be a piece of myself no, for
0: sure, but that's all I got for you today. I appreciate you stopping by Layers podcast and chopping it up with me. You know, it's always love, and yeah. and uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to do this season on the field, so I'm going to stay up with you, bro.
1: hundred percent, man. I appreciate you having me on. No, for sure.